0: Let's sing it one more time. Come and sing it to the Lord God Almighty. Come and say, dance the Lord. Thanks a Lord. Oh I give you. Faith. Jesus in the book of Romans chapter 8 in Paul's writings a letter written to the book of to the people of Rome the bible said in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 3 it said therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy To offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And as good, pleasance and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Hallelujah. The whole of this month, January, February, March, uh, there was a poster that came out to all of us. Um, when, When I should say that for the next three months, for the January, February, March, our drive and our focus is going to be on transformation. Amen. So when I say... Our season of transformation, you have to say to yourself, that be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Amen. Our season of transformation. I should have had this on the screen, but it didn't come out, so we'll keep it like that. Amen. So I'll be talking a lot about renewing of mind. So today I want to start this series of entitled, Be Transformed. Offer your body. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, be transformed. Be transformed by offering your body. Amen. So the first key, I'll be dwelling more on the verse 1. Then subsequently we'll look at the verse 2. Amen. Um, The purpose of the book of Romans, as with all Paul's episodes to the church is... His purpose in writing was to proclaim the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ by teaching doctrines and edifying and encouraging the believer who would receive these letters. So, these letters were not written to unbelievers, it was written to believers. Praise the Lord. Now, you must understand that every detail written in the book of Rome is designated to believers. Therefore, it is more of a treating letter. It is, it is within the confine of particular concern Paul had and in those days. That is why he wrote the letter to them. In Romans chapter 1 verse 7, the Bible said that in, it said, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you, from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul was writing to people who believed in God. So I don't want you to feel like this was written to unbelievers, it was specifically written to believers, hallelujah, such as you and I. And because he himself was a Rome citizen, the Bible said that he had unique passion for those in the assembly of believers in Rome. Since he had not this point visited the church of Rome he decided to write to them one of the things that make the effectiveness of this man of God called Paul who wrote most of the episodes in the New Testament is the fact that he delighted in writing and because of his ability to write that is why we have greater percentage of the New Testament written by him by the time we get to Romans chapter 12 Paul started by saying therefore come on say to your neighbor therefore uh, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's message to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I like it when the King James Version could say that present your body as a living only and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Come on, tell your neighbor, reasonable service. Uh, I often don't encounter the word reasonable, but I encounter this a lot when you go to the market and you're going to buy a product. And back in those days, it's not like recently, I was talking to a brother of mine, and he was telling me that he went to Canterbury to buy a product, and he went into a shop. And when he got in the shop, something he knows that could be sold for like five pounds or two pounds, they said that it is ten pounds. Now, he was a bit hesitant to really pay for what was what was mentioned because he knows what the price is. Now he knows that this is really not the actual price of it, praise the Lord. Therefore he concluded, you keep it to yourself. By the time he was about to turn, the guy said, how much would you offer? Praise the Lord. So I thought it was only in Africa we do bargaining, not knowing in the United Kingdom, if you know how to bargain, you get the best price. Praise the Lord. But back in those days, when I go to buy anything, Uh, I like it it so much that if the product is sold for maybe 10 pounds and you tell them you give them 5 pounds, back in those days, the the price you mentioned become the price they buy the product. So if you tell the person, I'm going to give you 5 pounds for that which he's saying or she's saying is 10 pounds, he said, that is the price I bought it. Add something to it. Have have you been there before? He said, that is a price. It's surprising that we know how much they buy the product by the price we gave. Praise the Lord. So somebody will tell you, please, this is the last price. It's reasonable. It's reasonable. It's not too expensive It's what? Well. It's reasonable. The word therefore, um, when Paul used the word, therefore, I urge you, it means that for that reason or uh, consequently, it means that there were some preceding things that he has spoken about because of that on the grounds of this. To that end, the strength of the chapter 12 is dependent on what Paul was saying in the chapter 11 and I want to share that with you in Romans chapter 11 Paul described a conflict that began with the early Christian church and he is still there today this conflict is that of the theology of grace and how it relates to God's relationship with both Jews and Gentiles who has converted to be Christians along with explaining this conflict paul encourages harmony and humility between those two groups of believers he uses scriptures references to underscore this as exhortation in the verse number two truth to five for example paul recounts the frustration expressed by elijah when elijah said that i am the only man left standing when it comes to those who are worshiping you And God said to him, please, I want you to acknowledge that don't think you are the only one standing because through the effort of grace and through the effort of no work, I have have preserved 70,000 men, Jews, who have kept the covenant for me. So if you are thinking it is by works and it is by your strength, I want you to know it is not your strength. Tell your neighbor it is not your strength so paul began in the chapter 11 and he reinforces the fact that god has never stopped loving his chosen people the Israelites, who were later referred to as zeus <coughs> he still loves his people there are multiple ways god is loving us despite the fact that they are disappointing the things of god they are, they, are, they are really turning their back on God, such as you and I. Repeatedly and consistently, we have done what we know that God has authorized us not to engage in. The Gentiles in the church in, at Rome were becoming hosty. They were meaning, they were becoming arrogant. They were becoming a bit, a, a bit disdainful. They were being very rude. And, and they believed that they were more important and they were the true believers. Just as you and I, when we are coming to church and we come to global cross church, and there are people who don't come to church and they are claiming that they are Christians, we so consider ourselves more important than them. But I want you to know that it is all by the grace of God. They felt disdain, which means unworthy, they treated the other Jewish people, believers, with pride and preventing them from growing. And as any time, sometimes also when you try to make people feel bad, and every now and then you try to make people feel bad, there are times that you put yourself into a place where you will not grow properly had you considered everybody to be more important. In the first 10 verses, Romans chapter 11, Paul reminded the Gentiles in in Rome and said to them, I want you to know that God's original plan has been turned around because the Jewish people, the Israelites who were supposed to worship God wholeheartedly, they've turned their back on God and therefore that is making God turn to the Gentile and you and I happen to be one of those people who got born again, who became acquainted with the things of God because the other who were supposed to believe in God decided to turn their back on God. A boy is saying, I am one of the Gentiles. I happen to be one of the members of the tribe of Benjamin. I want you to know that God is the one who has preserved our life up to this extent. Now Paul is talking to this whole it is so surprising that how can we have division among people who have, are supposed to live in unity? How can we have division in the body of Christ when some people think themselves more important than the others even in the times of old during the time of Jesus? The Bible said the disciples were walking and one of it is so surprising. how could you walk with Jesus and every now and then whatever you are thinking about they ask themselves among us who is more important? Who is more relevant? But I thought we are all supposed to receive the grace of God. Oftentimes, that not, people want to place themselves in position. As a pastor, I don't consider myself more important than you, the follower. If the shepherd began to consider himself more important than the flock, then when the flocks are not there, how important would you become? Praise the Lord. In order to preserve the growth of the tree and allow the fruit to continue to blossom, God grafted the wild olive shoot to gain nourishment from the root and produce the fruit that the original branch should have produced. And it is because of the grace of God that is why you and I are here. On this background, Paul was talking to two people who are supposed to render service to God with harmony, with peace. But these people have come to the point where they think they are more important than the others. I want you to know that think not of yourself more highly than you ought to. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up at the right time. Is it Therefore, brothers and sisters, I urge you in view. Come on, say in view. In perspective of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, pleasing unto God, this is your true and proper worship. Paul was pleading with the church to do something in view of all God's mercy. Every now and then there are certain decisions you would not take had you considered yourself in view of God's mercy. Last week I spoke intensively and extensively about the mercy of God, and that is how we render worship unto him. But I want you to know that the word mercy means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish. Compassion means feeling of distress and pity for the suffering or misfortune of another, often including the desire to alleviate the pain the person is going through, it means to take away. And I want you to know that it was true, the away of the pain that was inflamed upon us. That sometimes, some of us, we inflamed the pain over our own self, but the message of God is what made it possible for us to rise up within the framework of our downfall. Paul said, I heard you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's message. In other words, don't forget what made you who you are today. I want you to understand the reason why you have to offer this body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, is because of what God has rendered unto this body, and that is why you have to offer that body unto God. Praise the Lord. You will not appreciate the text I'm talking about until you speak to Moses. The Bible said that when Moses was told he was going to be the, the person to redeem the children of Israel from captivity, the Bible said that when he, he looked at himself, he disqualified himself and said, I am not qualified. Oftentimes than not, when I look at the responsibility of Moses going to bring the Israelite out, I think that it was one of the most difficult tasks one could ever encounter. But before Moses could reject God, if Moses could understand the message of God, that has brought him how far, that has brought his life to the level where he was having a dialogue with God, he wouldn't resent God. I want you to be with me here. I'm going somewhere. Now Moses has been called by God. He's now going to say yes or no. But before Moses can say yes to the yes he must say to God, he must really look at his life from the perspective of the mercy of God. Now you will not understand Moses in his answering to God until you begin to look back and see how far the Lord has kept the life of Moses up to the time God was asking him, Would you redeem the children of Israel or would you rebel against me? I'm going somewhere, be with him. Now, if Moses will come to the place of discovery to understand that his life would have been terminated many years ago when he was born, because during the time Moses was born, the Bible said that it was instructed that all young male child should be killed. And the Bible said the mother of Moses kept the body of Moses and kept this baby up to a point when humanly it was impossible for any man to hold on to this boy. The Bible said in their distress, the mother's distress, in their mother's pain, in the Bible said he placed this boy on the water and placed him in a basket and the love and the mercy of God kept this boy and navigated him and led him to the daughter of Pharaoh and that was how the life of Moses was preserved. I did not bring God who was with the mother who told the mother not to bring the boy to a place of condemnation or bring the boy to a place of termination, It was the love and what the Bible said that the God placed in the mother, God said to the mother, you can't kill the boy as others are killing their children because this child is a different child. Most of you are seated over here. God is calling you to present your body as a holy sacrifice unto him and you are arguing with God and you are contending with God and you are refusing to give to God. Little would you find out that it was a message of God that kept your life to this point and therefore why must you say no to the one you have to say yes to? Oh, Moses cannot say no. Oh, Benjamin cannot say no to God. Most of us are saying no to God. Regardless of the things he has done in our life, we are still saying no to God. When God brought you to us, some of us, we don't even deserve the man we have married. Some of us, we don't deserve the woman we have married. It was just by the mercies of God. Some of you under the sound of my voice. You don't even deserve to have a child. You were disqualified when you were very young. The way you handle your life, you abuse your life. Your womb should have been shattered. Your womb should have been destroyed. But it was the mercies of God that preserved you. How can you say no to God when it was the mercy of God that preserved your life? I like it when David, in his presentation, wants you to know that I am the man that said yes to God. And he expressed that in Psalm 23. He said he, he expresses his relationship and his lavishness of his body to God metaphorically. He said, God is my shepherd and I'm a flog. He tells you when the shepherd says, go to the flock, it goes. He surrendered his body unto God completely totally, without any deviation or alteration. This year, if you are going to encounter the supernatural power of God, we must be transformed But the first stage of our transformation is to present our body unto God. Tell your neighbor, present your body unto God. The word present means willingly. You must do it lavishly. You must do it all by yourself. You have to present it. Hallelujah. In the next few minutes, I want to share with you the mercies of God. I want to share some few characteristics of the mercies of God. Are you ready? Number one, this mercy I'm talking about that we have received, it is also tender. It It is the tender mercies of God. The word tender means showing gentleness, kindness, and affection. Precious one, in Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79, is a true, the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from all high has visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. With his gentle love and touch, he heals the broken hearted, Wrap up wounds. He is not, he is not only gracious in what he provides, but also gracious in the manner he provides it. It is the mercy of God, it is tender. Number two, it is great mercy. Come on, say great mercy. There is nothing little about God, his mercy is like himself, infinite. You cannot measure it. His mercy is so great that it forgives even the most terrible sin to the most terrible sinner. Then proceed to give great favor and great privileges. His mercy gives us great enjoyment in the great heaven of the great God. is great. The grace of God, the grace of God, or what do you call the mercies of God is great. Come on, tell your neighbor, it is great. number three, it is rich. It is called its rich mercy. God's mercy is medicine to your, to your sagging spirit, a golden ointment to your bleeding wound, a heavenly bondage to your broken bones, a royal chariots for your weary feet. I pray in the name of Jesus that you are about to encounter the richness of the mercies of God in the mighty name of Jesus. The next thing is that it is undeserved mercy. The mercy that is rendered unto you by God, you don't even deserve it. As indeed all true mercy must be. Deserved mercy is only another name for justice. We who are sinners have no right to the kind of consideration the Most High have rendered unto us. As rebels who were once doomed to the eternal fire, we deserve. It is the sovereign love of God alone which saves us. For we have no set power of our own. Hallelujah. Come on, tell your neighbor you didn't deserve it. Therefore, present your body. Number the next one: it is diverse mercy. It is diverse mercy. Paul, Paul Bunyan said, All the flower of God's garden are doubled. Unquote. He said, There is no single mercy. You may think you have only one mercy. But you will find God's mercy in multifacetedness, reflecting and shining His glory. Praise the Lord. The mercies of God is what? It's multifaceted. Which means there are many sides of it. It doesn't matter which side you encounter, it is so powerful. Praise the Lord. The last one it is plentiful. It means it is adequate. I love it so much when Elijah can enjoy that mercy. Moses could enjoy that mercy. My daughter could enjoy that mercy. Myself can enjoy that mercy. I pray over your life that the, the plentifulness of the message of God will be extended to your family in the name of Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4, it said, But God, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich, a mercy. Come on, tell your neighbor he is rich in mercy. Let me give you the the, the the last one. It is unfailing mercy, which means that if the mercies of God finds you, it is sufficient and adequate. I pray over your life that wherever you have been resented, wherever your life have turned upside down, you are about to encounter the unfailing mercy of God. I pray over your life that the grace of God will abound over your life. You are about to encounter the fullness of His mercy. If you believe, it, shout a bigger amen. In the next few minutes, I want you to understand that it is calling on us. The same mercy he has rendered on us uh, is calling on us to present, to offer our body as a living sacrifice, uh, which means that to give up something valuable for the sake of another consideration. uh, Sacrifice involves dying to the things of the flesh uh, and living the things of the spirit. Uh, I want you to understand that we cannot do it of ourselves, but our openness and our availing ourselves uh, to allow our ourselves to be offered as a sacrifice unto God. Holy referred to the body being carried within the framework of the will of God. I don't want you to think that you can present anything to anybody. I want you to understand back in the olden time, I thought that giving a gift to somebody, if you give a gift to somebody, they must take it. But later did I realize that somebody can give you a gift and it can be rejected. Why? If you don't give me what I want and you don't give me the way I want it. I can tell you to keep your gift. God wants you to present your body, but He doesn't want you to present it in anyhow, He wants you to present it holy and acceptable. You cannot present anything to God and He will take it. He wants it to be presented in a particular way. The Bible says, Cain and Abel rendered sacrifice unto God, but he rejected one and accepted one. If you want to present your body, it must be flawless, it must be presented within the confines of the word of God. I pray over your life today that god will receive that body because you are about to render to sacrifice that body and present it before the mighty hand of god if you believe it, shout a bigger amen this body you are presenting must be pleasing to God, referring to the acceptance of God. This means a true and proper worship. It is that which brings us to the place of validation. In Genesis chapter 27 verse 4, the Bible said that Isaac said, prepare me the kind of food that tastes, the kind that I like, that I may bless you. As we are pleasing to God and we render our body as a sacrifice unto him, it means that we give him what he wants and we we give him all he wants. I don't want you to present half of yourself. I don't want you to present half of your right hand side and leave the other part. God wants the totality of you. He wants the all of you. He wants you to present it as a holy sacrifice. I pray that this year you will present your body unto God in the name of Jesus. In first Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it's a praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead. He has given us by his grace and by his mercy. I want you to know that this year, maybe you have handled your life the way you want it to be handled, but God is calling us into a place of a deeper colonia, into a deeper relationship, and as we render that kind of deeper relationship I believe our life is about to be bettered in the mighty name of Jesus in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 31, it said, For the Lord your God is merciful, God, he will not abandon or destroy you or forsake the covenant with his ancestors, which he have confirmed to them by oath. I want you to understand our God is calling us in the year 2024 into a place of total surrendering and offering our body as a living sacrifice. When you present your body as a living sacrifice, I want you to understand the at times you will say what jesus said and say if it be possible may i not present this body in the form and shape you want it to be in there are times i like a someone when i was listening to one friend of mine he explained to me when god said that when when jesus said when somebody slapped your right hand side tend the other side for him it means that don't act in that furiousness don't act in that annoyance i want you to tend the other side of it and react to the person with love it's about time we present that. Body sometimes when you present our body, it may be presented in a way that you must forgive your brother. There are people who have offended us, there are people who have abandoned us, there are people who have ostracized us, there are people who have abused us. But in presenting our body to God, we cannot present it with that hatred and dislikeness. We must find a place to forgive them, and that is how God wants to take that body, and that is how you have to give to Him. It means this is our reasonable service. Come and tell your neighbor, reasonable service. You presenting your body as a living sacrifice is your reasonable service. Uh, Is that we determine the fact that determines whether it will be accepted or rejected? Uh, It's true. This is our true worship. Uh, If we want God to give him true worship, uh, then we must be able to offer our body as a living sacrifice. This is this means uh, this also means that rational we have is our rational way of presenting our body. I am here to tell somebody under the sound of my voice. um, it's about time we begin to submit our body. It's about time we begin to submit our whole being. God is the one who will quicken your mortal being. I like it when Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says in the Amplified verses, he said, I've been crucified with Christ, and that is in him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I that leave it, by Christ that leave it in me. Precious one, under the sound of my voice, in the year 2024, if we want to encounter the. Fullness of his glory, That it's about time we surrender our whole being unto him. It is not by our dictatorship, it's not by our logic reasoning, it's by presenting it the way he wants it. I am about to tell somebody under the sound of my voice if you can give it to him, then you will know that there is something greater in you than the world will give you. I am here to tell you in the year 2024, it's about time we present our body. Tell your neighbor, present your body. I don't know how many times God has called upon you, but he wants you to surrender. When God is asking you to present your body, he wants you to surrender unto him. Surrender unto him, and he will make you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You must surrender to the maker. If you want to be transformed by his hand, you must surrender. You must surrender unto Jesus the altar, and the finisher of our faith. You must surrender to the to the master as the, the porter surrenders a clay in the hands of the porter that he may mold it the way he wants to. Some of us have to surrender our marriage to God. Some of us must surrender things unto him, not because we know so much, but because we have heard his voice and we want to present it the way he wanted to be presented. Stand on your feet, somebody. I want you to pray to God today and say, Father, I want you to help me to present it. The Bible said that Jesus met a man and said that have you followed the instructions I've given? He said, i followed it all. I said, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. He couldn't do it. Why? Because he couldn't present it the way God wanted him to present it. Presentation also is factored. Within time frame, when God asks you to give it to him now, he wants you to present it to him now, and that is what he's calling on somebody a deeper walk, a deeper relationship in the year 2024. That he would change you, he would transform you. But the first thing you must do is to present it. You want to pray, and say, Father, help me to present my body to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh.
0: You have had your way for party, Lord. And every now and then, God keeps on calling you. Everywhere you go, He keeps on calling you. It's about time you present that body. If you are here, And your relationship with God has fallen apart. Or you need to give your life to Jesus. That he would transform you. He would change you to something that the world has no idea about. Isn't it a song that the builders rejected became the beauty of the cornerstone? If you want to give your life to God, I want you to raise up your right hand. Your right hand. If you want to intensify, you know you're falling apart. Your relationship with God has been scattered everywhere. You can't even hear the voice of God and the way you hear the voice of God. And you want to enter into a deeper walk with God and reconfigurate your mind, reconfigurate your life unto Him, surrender to Him. I want you to lift up your right and I want to pray with you. God is calling somebody to a deeper place. A place not with a logic reasoning, but a place of divinity. I want you to lift up your hand if you want me to pray with you. Oh, I Jesus surrender to the
1: Lord
0: somebody your life is heading towards destruction but God is calling on you today to present that body that he will mold it and beautify it is my prayer today And everyone who have lifted up their heart. That the grace of God will come over your life. That you will receive a new dimension of fellowship with God. In the name of Jesus. Crossfire and its members will surrender all to the Lord. We will present our body. Not partially. Not halfway. But Completely. Father, we thank you today that you have graciously revealed yourself to us, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we share the grace? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet
1: fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.
0: Amen. Surely,
1: goodness and mercy shall pursue us the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever.
0: Amen. Amen. God bless you, and have a wonderful week. God bless you.